Hello everybody, this is Father Michael Voidhofer. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Um, I just want to reflect with you a little bit on this powerful uh, story of uh, Jonah going into Nineveh. So, Jonah, as many of you know, wasn't too excited about uh, God's invitation and calling on his life to go into Nineveh and announce um, a time of repentance. But he obviously was running and running and running and finally he was uh, basically swallowed up, spit on the shore by the fish and uh, agreed with God. When we agree with God, things begin to happen in our life. Um, New life begins to happen. Um, That doesn't mean you're not going to have crosses or struggles or trials, but when you agree with God, you're going to start experiencing what we would call the fruits of the Holy Spirit more and more in your life. And so I'd like you to think about ways that you perhaps um, don't agree with God. And that's where we examine, as Catholics at least, we talk about the examination of our conscience, right? And I'm sure all faiths do that in the Christian faith. We examine our conscience not in light of our own rules, um, but in light of the rules of God, in light of God's holy law. That would be namely the Ten Commandments, um, the, the Beatitudes. Um, and we, we reflect on those things and we ask the Lord to show us, Lord, show me where I'm not in agreement with you. Show me where I'm broken. Show me where I'm not living life to the full. And so God so loved the world, He sent His Son, right, to bring us into the light, to leave the darkness, to leave behind those areas of life where we have made agreements with the enemy. Maybe we grew up agreeing with the enemy in a certain area of our our life, and even if it's packed deep in our subconscious, we're not aware of how it's keeping us from living life to the full. And and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, because only the Holy Spirit can bring you and I into the light um, so we can see, recognize, and then what do we do when we recognize an area where we've agreed with the enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil? We repent. We turn away from, right? So Jonah, Jonah was uh, announcing a message of repentance in Nineveh. And it says the people believed, okay? The people believed in God. The people believed that Jonah's message was from the Lord. And God will put, Jonah's in our life. He'll put people in our life to uh, remind us, to call us to task, if you will, to bring us into the light, to show us where we're attached, maybe. You know, when your pride's wounded, right? When you're doing something and someone challenges you and your pride's wounded and you're tempted to say something you shouldn't or be unkind or um, say something that's kind of mean, sort of, right? You just kind of can have that wounded pride at times, which we got to be open to letting ourselves... Um, wounded, you know, God, uh, God will will pierce into our our pride because He wants to set us free. So, think about the Jonas in your life. Think about how you respond to the Jonas in your life. Think about how you are called to be a Jonah in the lives of others. This is why Jonah was running because Jonah knew that it wasn't going to be fun to challenge other people to call them into the light because. Many of you probably had this experience, right? You're in a movie theater and you are going out into your car after the movie in the middle of the day and your eyes like want to go back into the dark or you want to cover your eyes because the light actually burns. It kind of hurts your eyes, right? Because we're not accustomed to the light. 
Well, in this world that we live, we can become accustomed to the lies, um, our agreements with the enemy and not even realize that we're in darkness. And all of us listening right now, including myself, we are in the light to some degree, but there's always more. Unless you're perfect, um, which I would bet pretty good that you're not. Um, uh, if, if, if you and I are in this world, then we have areas where we need to be healed. It's kind of like pouring that peroxide on a wound, right? It's like burning out the infection, the disease, the virus. Like we have to let the Holy Spirit in through the Jonas that come into our life. So, so Jonah, Jonah proclaimed this, uh, this fast and, or he proclaimed this message to the people of repentance and they repented and they said, they, that said all the people, um, proclaimed the fast. They declared a fast throughout the whole city of Nineveh. Now, I'd like you to think about fasting for a minute. Why do you give up things? Now, remember, fasting's not about giving up bad things. Fasting's about giving up good things. Why would you give up something good? So I'd like you to think about that. Why would you give up something good? Because there's something better. And if I'm clinging to something good, I can't receive the better, the greater, the ultimate, right? Which is namely... God. So we use food, drink, our sexuality, we use the passing things of this world, our job, perhaps our money, our car, our talents. Um, these are all good things, but we can use them to avoid the Lord, um, to, if you will, make ourselves self-sufficient or self-reliant. And the Lord is saying to us, repent of your self-reliance, repent of your self-sufficiency, you know, repent of your independence from God. And again, we can be living in a way that we kind of think, you know, we're in the driver's seat. We're kind of going, we're successful, we're doing our thing, which again, these aren't bad things, but it's very important to realize that everything you have, including the breath you're breathing right now, is a gift from God. Every beat of your heart, God, it could all go away in an instant. And God holds us into being in existence because God is love. So, when you fast, I'd like you to think of the things that you perhaps um, think you can't do without. Those are the things you need to fast from or give up for periods of time. You know, um, for example, if you can't be without a boyfriend or girlfriend, then you probably won't do well with a boyfriend or girlfriend because you're going to make them a false god. If you can't do well without food at time for periods of time, then you're probably not going to do well with food because you're going to probably have a gluttonous sort of eating, you know, for comfort rather than nutrition, right? <laughs> um, not that comfort is bad when you're eating. We should enjoy our food, but you get the point. We don't want to use food to um, escape. Um, we want to use food to um, nourish our bodies for the mission of Jesus Christ. And while we're doing that, obviously enjoy it. But if you can't do without money, obviously we need a certain amount of money, but you know what I'm saying. If you can't do without money, when you do get money, you're going to probably not be able to handle in a responsible way the money that you've been given. Um, so sometimes <coughs> sometimes it's good for us to experience our poverty. You know, that's what, if any of you heard the scripture, blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of God. What that means in the Bible, that means that those poor in spirit, meaning those who know that everything is a gift, those who know that 
God alone can make them happy. So <clears throat> you can't enjoy the world until you realize the world can't make you happy. When you've come to the conclusion and decision with your intellect and will that the world won't ever make you happy, then you'll start enjoying the world. When you realize your wife or your husband, your job won't make you ultimately happy, then you actually start enjoying your job, your wife, your husband, your kids, etc. Okay, so I'm talking really here about a, a good, healthy sense of detachment, a sense of knowing that I'm attached to God alone and God alone suffices. Okay, so Nineveh began this fast because they were using the passing things of this world in ways that were twisted and corrupt and, and harmful. And we all sin, namely use the things of the passing world, including our own minds, our own bodies, our own imagination, our own time, our own talents, our own treasures. We, we use these things in ways that aren't building up the kingdom of God that actually can lead us away from God. Like sports, right? Sports is a great example. How many, you know, people, young people, you know, um, and even adults, right? They, they, in our, many of our Catholic schools, even sadly, they'll all gun ho about sports, but they don't take their kids to mass on Sunday or they don't go to mass. And that's not teaching us about love because the nature of love isn't always about what I want to do. The nature of love is, is what I ought to do, what I should do, what I, what I need to do. Um, and so again, these are just some thoughts I'd like you to think about as you're navigating through your life and, and doing life and we're all living it together in this world, which is a beautiful and amazing. And, um, let's let God be the center of our life so we can truly enjoy the passing things of this world and use them for the glory and honor of God rather than, um, using them for our own honor, glory, and if you will, um, numbing ourselves from, the loneliness and pain of not having God. When you got God, you don't necessarily need all those other things. So may God bless you. I hope this reflection gives you something to, to reflect on and to uh, take into your deeper prayer time. May God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless.